Welcome to the latest United We Stand podcast. I'm Andy Mitten. This podcast is brought to you in association with Betfred. Fred Doan is a Salford Red, opened his first shop in 1967. I'm joining you from Jeddah, the second biggest city in Saudi Arabia. I've stopped here en route to the first leg of Manchester United's pre-season tour and a game against a team called Liverpool. They're from England and I've never been to Jeddah before but I wanted to break my journey up partly to avoid jet lag there was good flight times etc but also to meet United fans along the way I'm in a car at the moment driven by Aziz he's a Manchester United fan from Jeddah and in the back is Adam uh, he's also a United fan from Jeddah though he was born in Wick in Scotland North Scotland, very, very, very far north Scotland, near John O'Groats, Scotland. And they're Reds, and I just thought it'd be nice to get the boys onto the United We Stand podcast. Why United, as is? Uh, biggest team in England. I started following United uh, late 90s. So, uh, yeah, with the old legends at this time, Sir Alex, and uh, yeah, it grew up with me. Yeah, although this is uh, hard times for United, but I'm still uh, excited and op- optimistic about next uh, season. So you follow United a bit um, from TV here. Could you see all the games then, yeah. or was it like newspapers before the internet? And... Yeah, uh, I follow every every match. I watch every match because uh, we have access for every Premier League match here. And then when you started... That was- must have been different. Yeah, when I, when I started, it was difficult. I was following United through newspaper, printed newspaper, and uh, weekly weekly magazine, which is focused on European football and only few pages. But uh, yeah, now it's uh, with uh, social media, and uh, I follow United through Twitter, MUTV, yeah, and all the the programs in being sport, which is focused on Premier League and sometimes in United. So yeah, it's. Uh, it's a different time now. It's easier to access to all United stuff and news. So you get Andy Gray and Richard Keyes on the TV. <laughs> I can see yeah. by reaction. Yeah. <laughs> that might not be a good thing. Yeah. So, so we're, we're driving down, I think this is the Cornetian Jeddah. There's a, a Formula One yeah, track here. Like, yeah, track here, yeah. And it's really hot, really, really hot. July, it's pretty quiet. It's also Eid. Uh, which is a huge event in the Muslim world. And I say Eid Mubarak, is that right? Yeah, Eid Mubarak. That means have a good Eid. That's like saying to me, have a good Christmas. Yeah. So, Eid Mubarak. Thank you. How long does Eid last for, Festival of Eid? Yeah, it's actually, the Eid is one day. Yeah. But uh, we have like one week uh, holiday from our work. So, yeah, it's like a national holiday for Eid. So we're in the middle of Eid. Yeah, we? we're in the middle of uh, the Eid holiday. Yeah. From here, I go to Islamabad, the capital of Pakistan. I've never been to Pakistan before, and some Pakistani Reds are coming to meet me. But they also said it's Eid, so it's uh, big, big holiday time. Um, are United the most popular club in Jeddah, Saudi Arabia, foreign club? Because domestic football is big here as well, isn't it? Yeah, domestic uh, football is uh, very, very uh, huge here. And I think uh, United is the biggest English team in, in Saudi Arabia. I would say in the late uh, 90s and uh, in the early 
2000 it was uh, the biggest team but uh, also as i said before uh, the italian teams has uh, also many many fans here i think also with uh, salah joining liverpool now liverpool has uh, has many fans here also are there any city fans here yeah a little bit not not like united of course but yeah since 2010 2011 i think uh, there are uh, they are growing here Adam, move yeah. forward a little bit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, your mother is from Scotland, your father's from Saudi, so you yeah. spent most of your life living here. You yes. speak Arabic? Yes, I can speak both languages. Can you teach us some Arabic, please? Uh, glory, glory, Man United in Arabic. Al Majd, Al Majd, Manchester United. It's piping hot here in Jeddah. Al Jaw, Jiddan Har, Vijiddan. Ten Hag is a football genius. Ten Hag, Abqari, Karawiyan. So I'm going to speak a bit in English, but you've got a distinctively northern <coughs> Scottish accent. Um, what's your United story? Well, uh, due to the connection, obviously, with Britain, that's why I followed uh, British football, opposed to any other league, because uh, Italian football was big here. Why United? I guess it just happened that one day I just started watching United. I liked them, and that was it. It was I must have been eight, nine, ten. It was like ninety-six, ninety-seven. So it was a good period of time for United. Also, we're driving now through these wide boulevards there's hardly anyone on the street partly because of the holiday period but partly because of the heat as well how do people feel here about Newcastle United being taken over by a Saudi consortium they're actually very excited about that uh, they a lot of them almost feel or tweet it tweet Newcastle as their second club now after whatever club they support here locally uh, basically because of the association like because of their ownership, they feel that okay, they would like Newcastle to have some success or some sort of success due to that. And now I'm gonna I'm gonna head over to the airport. and next stop will be Islamabad. Next stop on my trip is Islamabad, capital city, quite a new capital of Pakistan. I think this capital city is how old? 60. 1960s. Yeah. Um, we're in a nice part of the city. Uh, the biggest city in Pakistan is Karachi, then Lahore, and some of the Reds uh, have, have driven uh, to see me from Lahore, which I'm extremely flattered about. And they've really looked after me today. Uh, I've seen the strength of feeling among Manchester United fans today. I'm going to speak to some of them. Um, can we do it in your language, please? Because everybody listening to this is... Uh, fluent so you've got a reply how do you think United are going to do this season United uh, no, no no you don't what's your native language what Urdu, would you Urdu. Urdu. Urdu teach us some Urdu then glory glory Man United in Urdu Jeho Jeho Manchester United Ralph Rangnick is a football genius that is the biggest lie ever <laughs> how did you feel when Ole Gunnar Solskjaer was sacked uh, I think we all felt very emotional. Uh, in Urdu, we'd say, he cried, he cried. 
and uh, and we I I personally cried. It was a very emotional day. Club legend. We knew that he had the best interests of the club at heart, and uh, we saw some wonderful football under him. Some of the most exciting ever since Sir Alex left. So we were all pretty heartbroken, but hopefully he started the process of something upon which the foundations of the new United could be built now under Ten Hag. What's your best moment as a United fan? Uh, Mourinho getting sacked. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't like him then? Not at all. Why? Uh, just the way he looks, <laughs> amongst other things. Jose, I know you listen to every episode of this, uh, this podcast. Um, how are you feeling about Ten Hag? Uh, not decided as yet. He has to prove himself to the team and to us. Till then, I'm holding reservation. Mr. Happy here. Um, what's your worst moment as a Manchester United fan? Uh, that was probably when Sir Alex Ferguson retired. Yeah? Yeah. How would you describe the support in Pakistan for English football? And are United one of the most popular teams or is it Barcelona or, or Real Madrid or one of the Italian clubs? When talking about English football, Manchester United is the biggest support that there is in Pakistan. When you go to other foot countries like for Spain, if you talk about Real Madrid or Barcelona, they have a bigger fan base due to Lionel Messi and Cristiano Ronaldo. But in Spain? If you talk about the Spanish fans, in, yeah. Spanish league fans in Pakistan. That's okay, right. Good about, yeah. So, but apart from that, Manchester United is, has the biggest uh, support in Pakistan if you talk about English football and there is uh, no one who even comes close to that. Are you all into cricket as well? Some of you are good cricketers? Yes. Yeah? What, good standard? Seriously? Really? What sort of level? We've been told it's not it's amateur le- cricket leagues but we play we play for fun. It's a good activity. Right, because I'm told that a few of you lads are decent level. Um, in Manchester we had Wazi Makram. He was a Pakistani, Lancashire. Yeah. I remember his uh, yellow Ferrari driving through Manchester about 20 years ago. Um, Imran Khan was a great cricketer, wasn't he? Definitely. When I was a kid, the most famous Pakistani in my mind was uh, squash player Yahangir Khan. Khan. Yeah? yeah? Yeah. And he'd be famous there. You yeah. had the best squash players in the world. Yeah, Jangri yeah, Khan and Jansher Khan. I mean, they have quite a legacy over here. Um, they never, never lost for like 300 yeah. matches yeah, that's or something. What, I, mean, I think most of us did not get to watch them live though. Um, but yeah, I mean, they have a huge uh, a following abroad as well. How good are the current Pakistani cricket team? The current, well, we'd say that the Pakistan cricket team is currently entering a sort of like a golden age period because we have uh, the world's number one batsman in both ODI and T20s and who's also in the top four in, in, tests, in test cricket at the moment in Babar Azam. We have one of the best bowlers in Shaheen Afridi and we have a very good spine of uh, young cricketers and uh, we really think that this team is going to, you know, bring accolades back to Pakistan like... Pakistan has achieved in the past so we're all feeling pretty optimistic yeah how do people feel when you tell them you support Manchester United an English football club based a, a long way away they're skeptical at first they're like why do you support a club so far away because of the interest in cricket over here but because there is a national cricket team over here so they resonate more with that but obviously with United we have to explain to them and obviously when they see our passion at the screenings and at the gatherings as well they understand our love and now we are at a stage that people understand and realize why we support United and why we support them with the passion that we do Ronaldo stay or go what would you prefer I would prefer. Him. I would prefer him to stay because I don't think we'll be able to get in a replacement uh, of that level soon enough. Stay definitely stays. Crush Cristiano Ronaldo. I wouldn't mind if he leaves, but I think he's going to stay. I would prefer him to go though. 
Has to stay. Definitely has to stay. Couldn't let him leave. Has to go. Wow, pretty uh, divided um, opinions here. From the Reds in Islamabad, I'm going to travel on now to Bangkok. What a thought with you lads is. You're properly committed. What time do you watch games normally? At, at what time is a night game here? 1 a.m., uh, 1.30 a.m., and uh, especially uh, during weekdays. That's very difficult, but obviously the love of United comes first. And your official members, a lot of you, how much is that? How much does your official members pack cost? Um, in terms of Pakistani rupees? Uh, yeah, and if you could do a quick yeah, currency yeah, yeah. conversion in for me, because I'm premium pack, 30, 30, The premium pack is 17,000 rupees. Premium is 20,000. 20,000 rupees. Adult pack is 13,000. Yeah, adult so pack in, is 13,000. So roughly, the adult pack is like... Uh, 36 pounds. 36 pounds. Or 45, including shipping. Yeah. 45. And then the what do you get for 45 pounds? We, we get a, a water a bottle. A lot of disappointment. Dis- really? It's not, really, tell me. Yeah, a lot of no, disappointment. The club are going to listen to this, so they should, yeah, if it's not they, good enough, then they should be told they've that. They've just been recycling the same scarf over and over, and uh, they've taken out the yearbooks, they've, they've taken out the membership cards, they've taken out the pens, they've taken out basically anything that is of quality, and the membership is a true reflection of what the club is right now. So you think, like, having a carrying a membership card is a good thing because it shows your support it's something tangible it's tangible and for us fans who are not really uh, living in Manchester and who can't experience the United uh, uh, experience every day everything that we get from our membership pack is is, uh, of immense value to us so yeah and you'd like United to maybe do a One United event in Pakistan you think it would would be well supported if that happened that would be absolutely amazing. I've been working for the past uh, nine years now uh, to make that happen. A lot of fans have shown interest in that. And me personally, I would uh, do anything to make that happen. It's been eight to nine years now. I've asked many times and hopefully that happens sometime soon. And especially with the team in a good, good run of form. Thank you, boys. All the best with the supporters club. I'm going to get on an overnight flight now to Bangkok in economy. Right for the night. I'm smiling now. I'm not going to be in about nine hours. You know what's not fair? The fact that Netflix hides thousands of the shows and movies from you based on your location and then has the nerve to increase their prices on you. That's right. They've just raised their prices once again. Now you could cancel your subscription in protest or you could just be smart about it and make sure you're getting your full money's worth by using ExpressVPN. See? You might not know that what's on Netflix in your country is completely different to what someone in the UK or Japan has on theirs. Using ExpressVPN, you can control which country you want Netflix to think that you're in. ExpressVPN has over 90 countries to choose from. So every time you run out of stuff to watch, you can just switch to another country to unlock new shows. The shows are not on US Netflix, but with just one tap of a button, ExpressVPN will let you choose your location to watch a show that's on in that country. And here's the best part. It's not just for Netflix. You can use ExpressVPN to unlock shows on other streaming services too. ExpressVPN is also really fast and works on your phone, laptop, even smart TVs. So you can watch your shows on the big screen with zero buffering. So stop paying full price for streaming services and only getting access to a fraction of the content. Get your money's worth at expressvpn.com forward slash United. Don't forget to use our UWS link so you can get three extra months 
of ExpressVPN for absolutely nothing. That's expressvpn.com forward slash united. Expressvpn.com forward slash united. I'm walking through Bangkok. I'm heading onwards to Australia now. Spent three days in the Thai capital. It's busy, it's noisy. Uh, I think it's a really good city. It's changed so much since I first came here in 1995, ahead of Manchester United playing some games. Well, originally we thought we were going to be in Bangkok. Never happened. I ended up playing games in Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia. And the club changed so much from 35 over the next five years. United beat Liverpool 4-0 here. So that's what this trip will be remembered for, the result. 50,000 watched the game. Probably slightly more Liverpool fans, but, you know, very, very equal, really. And Eric Ten Hag refused to get carried away with the result, like most Manchester United fans won't be doing either. He said the game was full of mistakes and that Liverpool had effectively played three different teams, which they did. But look, it's Manchester United for Liverpool now. Good for the confidence of the players. Some very good goals, some good attacking movement, uh, including from the defenders. Good game from Eric Bailly. So you look at someone like him and you think, his future's not at United, it just isn't. United would sell him. And, and yeah, he played well. But we've been through the cycle so many times with a player like Bailly where he'll play really well in a big game and then a lack of concentration will mean he makes a bad error in the next game when he's selected. Jaden Sancho uh, did well also. And I think United used 20, 22 players in total. And there were probably well, there was a good group of Reds who travelled here from Perth, uh, a few from England as well. Nowhere near the numbers of 2001 when United played there, when a big group of uh, lads came. There was a good time to be had by most of the people here, although there was an alcohol ban for a few days. So I couldn't get a single beer in my time here, and it was pretty strictly enforced. The only option you had was uh, room service in the hotel. Some of the fans are going on from here to Melbourne. Not many. Um, some are going back to England. They just came out to do the Bangkok bit and walk into the uh, train station to get the train to the, the newer airport in Bangkok. From United's perspective, this part of the trip has been good. I spoke to some of the Thai Reds and they were in tune with what's going on and their passion was similar to what it's like to people I spoke to in Islamabad. I'm going to try and buy some earplugs now because I've got an overnight flight. I just walked into a shop and tried to buy some earplugs but that's not happening. United are still trying to sign players. More players will come. Could have said the same thing two, three, four, five, six weeks ago. It's 
becoming pretty protracted and, and complicated again but the main focus is and should be on on Eric Ten Hag and I'm hearing good things about him he's a, he's a serious man his answers are quite short when he speaks to the media I think he knows he's got a, a serious, difficult job to do and that he's going to need help and support and I think he's most effective on the training ground, that's where he'll learn the respect of his players in the early days because they can see he knows exactly what he's doing. But this trip has been uh, a good, good one to Bangkok. Onwards. Our, uh, flight now via Manila in the Philippines. We've got five or six hours there, then overnight to Melbourne, Australia. But Thailand, you're a good host. And one final thing I should say is um, ticket prices for the game were very high. I think the cheapest ticket was £130. Average wages here are nowhere near as high as they are in the UK, for example. So you've got to be wealthy. And the ticket prices went right up as well. Now, there's a few things. Companies bought tickets, gave them to employers. And I spoke to a Thai lady after the game and she said, that's just the price of a big name act coming from abroad. You'd pay the same for... Justin Bieber, if he was coming, so okay, okay, I get that, I hear that, um, but it still seems very expensive to me, and well, there were 50,000 there, that wasn't a sellout, it's far from a sellout, so maybe the promoters could learn from that. United don't set the prices, United pay the fee to pay, play the game, but when you think the prices are like four times higher, Four times the price of a big Premier League game. It's a bit bizarre. Right, airport train, here we go. It's with Brian Robson in the MCG. How are you feeling about this season, Brian? I, I think uh, I'm impressed with the manager at the moment. Uh, I've watched some of his training sessions and I think he's putting it over to the players exactly how he wants to play. Uh, you know, so I'm quite optimistic that we can do a lot better than what people have given us credit that we can do. You've seen a bit of the manager on the tour. I'm hearing good things, are you? Yeah, that's, that's all I've heard so far. You know, good things about him. Uh, like I say, you know, I've, I've watched him uh, put the training sessions on. The players are taken to it. Um, you know, so hopefully he can just build the confidence uh, from last season. Uh, you know, and we're going to improve. He's, he's strict as a disciplinarian, he's got very clear ideas of what he wants. Is that what United needs at the moment? That's exactly what we needed after last season. You know, last season, the performances showed that we were a little bit all over the place. We didn't really know whether we were going to be a counter-attacking team or a, a pressing team. And the lads got into an in-between situation. I don't think this manager will allow that to happen. What would you have done in that team last year? Could you have done a job, you reckon, in your prime, age no. 27? <laughs> no, not with the way the lads were playing. Uh, you know, but hey, we, we've got some very good players. Uh, hopefully the manager can make a few decent signings. 
um, you know, and all of a sudden the things come together. Uh, you know, you can always do a lot better than what we did last year. Finally, 40 years the other day since you scored after 27 seconds in Bilbao for England. Remember that? I you scored do. twice. Yeah, you, you don't you don't forget uh, days like that. Uh, you know, it was a, a great uh, time for me. With England, we're a little bit unfortunate as well because uh, that year, because of the format of the competition, you know, we didn't get beat and yet we got knocked out of the World Cup, uh, which was hard to take for the squad of players. And you became a dad when you were in Bilbao? Certainly did, yeah. I scored the two goals, beat France 3 1, uh, and then I got a two o'clock call in the morning uh, from the father in law saying that uh, I had my second girl. And does she now live in Australia? She now lives in Australia. So you've been able to see her here? Yeah, I went for lunch with her and uh, my two grandchildren uh, who live out here. So it was nice to see them uh, and it was nice to take them for a bit of lunch. You've got granddad. Do they run rings around you? They run rings around me. <laughs> Lovely to see you. All right, mate. As the sun comes out and small businesses are back in business, LinkedIn Jobs makes it easier to grow your team. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the people you want to interview faster and for free. You can create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. Then add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring so that your network can help you find the right people to hire. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on the candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritise who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires against the leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know that every week, nearly 40 million job seekers visited LinkedIn? Post your job for free at linkedin.com forward slash united. That's linkedin.com forward slash united to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. I'm in Melbourne with John Plevy. John is a United fan out here in the second biggest city in Australia. He used to go home and away with Manchester United for a long time. Through glory years, really looking back, and he moved to Australia in 2003. Do you miss it? Yeah, hi, hi everyone. Um, yeah, definitely. Absolutely miss it. It was back in uh, Easter this year and went to a few games and even though they weren't good games at the moment, yeah, really, really miss it. It's probably the biggest thing that I miss out of England, to be honest. Being on the other side of the world. Being on the other side of the world. Still watch every game, but not live anymore. Used to watch them live and get up in the middle of the night, but that's a bit hard nowadays. But watch pretty much 90 minutes of every game. So you record it, but it's harder because you've got children now. You can't be staying awake till whatever time. I can't do that for myself, not yeah. just about the kids. But, um, yeah, well, and I really enjoy watching it with my kids as well, particularly my son's been into it since he was dead little. So, like, pretty much watch all the games with him. And I last saw you outside Arsenal in April, uh, yeah. another defeat. Yeah. Um, you went to Goodison for yeah. the game there as well. That's another world from the life you've got now, isn't it? I'd imagine walking up to Goodison. Does that bring back memories from when you used to do it? Yeah, I love it. I mean, Goodison is one of my favourite away, so it might be the last time I ever go there. Obviously, with a the move of ground, 
but you know just the the back streets of you know the working class Victorian back streets of Liverpool and you know similar to parts of Manchester and other cities back in England you, you know you don't get anything like that here in Australia so you know that culture that working class culture of football what football is for people what it means for people is a real buzz and my son's never he's been in a few games but I went um went to go to some with him and, an, and another mate from Manchester and um yeah frustrating day for everyone I know as a United fan but the experience was f- for, for for me was great and uh, you know he'll remember that for all his life yeah so you arrived here in 2003. Were yeah. you just travelling or did you intend to stay? I know you met a girl, you ended yeah, up getting yeah, yeah. married, a similar story. Where yeah, you... so I had, I had the itch. I was 29, left England on a working holiday visa, bound for Australia, uh, via Southeast Asia. So I did six months there, bombed around Southeast Asia, which was a lot of fun. And uh, um, never intended to stay. Came to Australia, sort of, into, in Sydney. Had a job on a building site, which was which was fun. Sydney's, you know, a great city, great experience. Um, sort of, you know, completely different lifestyle on the beaches and that sort of thing. Um, and enjoyed it, but never intended to stay. And then came to Victoria, which is the state that uh, Melbourne's in. And uh, met my now wife and started knocking around with her. And then I don't think it was ever really a conscious decision to stay. It just sort of evolved. And then, yeah, kids and all that, so it's pretty, pretty settled here now. <laughs> so when you're in Sydney, you're yeah. living that sort of backpackerish life, watching matches in places like King's Cross? Yeah, at all sports hours. bar in King's Cross. Yeah. We watched, watched pretty much all, a lot, yeah, all the, most of the games in there, if not somewhere else, but, yeah. At all hours? Yeah. Can, yeah. can you remember, like, yeah. certain games at certain times and coming out at 7 o'clock in the morning? And... Uh I can remember doing that a lot. I can't remember any games particularly standing out. But yeah. And then you're now in Melbourne, how would you describe <clears throat> Manchester United's support in Melbourne? Were you ever actively involved? Was there, is there a supporters club here? Um, there is a supporters club here. I, was, I, I wasn't I was actively involved, but I got, I got part of it a, a, a good few years ago. It was probably 10 plus years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, as an observation, and this might not be spot on because I'm not that close to it but you know it doesn't doesn't seem as organised as say the Perth or the New South Wales branches who you know sort of follow them on social media and they seem really active and when we were in Perth the other year obviously the Perth branch did a lot of work there which seemed to be well received to celebrate that. The Perth Reds will be meeting up with them Uh, they are very active they are very well well organised um in Melbourne, it's quite unique because you've got another sport here in yeah. um, Aussie rules football. Yeah. Is that the main main sport here? Um, it gets a lot of the media limelight and it is a huge sport. Like for anyone who knows it, it's, it's probably quite unique in that there are a lot of big teams in one city and, you know, there's some... Um, quite often will get 60 plus thousand you know like very big games at the MCG you might get you know up towards 100,000 between, so between a Collingwood and a Carlton or a Richmond and a Collingwood so it's a massive sport it's a big participation sport as well um, but that said football or soccer as it's fondly called here um, is huge is absolutely huge particularly in participation in juniors and seniors as well so um you know, like my both my kids play football, and um, 
and love it, trying to keep them, trying to shield them from AFL. AFL's trying to push on in the women's game as well, which is kind of interesting. So the AFL team, the National League's got maybe 18 teams, 12 mm. of them are in Melbourne. You've got also teams in, in Perth, Fremantle, in Western yeah. Australia, yeah. Adelaide, Sydney, yeah. Brisbane, and, and that's about it, Gold Coast yeah. as well. Yeah. So historically, it was a Victorian sport, a South Australian sport and a West Australian sport. Uh, so there was the VFL, the Saffle and the Waffle. And um, then the, it became the Australian Football League. And then a lot of years ago now, probably in the 80s, I'm, I'm guessing, they expanded into Brisbane and Sydney and they've been trying to push that a little bit, like with Great Western Sydney and Gold Coast are relatively new teams as well. You've got two soccer teams here in Melbourne. Yep. Manchester United played against one, yeah. Melbourne Victory, yeah. and the other one... Mel- Mel- Melbourne City, it used Melbourne. to be Melbourne Heart. Yeah, so Manchester City linked with them. Yeah. Um, how many, what are their average crowds? Is there any... It's, is the city link up tangible? Do you have people who support Manchester City and Melbourne City? Are they any good? Um, yeah, well, City, city have been the better team for the last couple of years, although victory um, got to the final this year. And then there's a third Melbourne team now called Western United. And they actually won. Yeah. They won the grand final this year. Um, so victory's much like the old, one of the first... Um, a-League clubs after they sort of wound up the old NSL National Soccer League and performed the A-League probably in the early 2000s I think from memory um, so Victory's got a pretty big fan base and you saw that at the game the other night with like you know like a sort of behind the goal uh, there's always a bit of a singing uh, bouncing around banter so we, we, me and my lad go and watch Victory it's a good, it's a good crack the football standard's okay it's hit and miss a lot. So they play through the summer here, so there's a lot of games being played in real heat as well, which obviously takes the edge off the speed of the game sometimes. But the standards. What sort not, of price not are you paying for a ticket? Uh, we we buy a season ticket for two of us, like for three hundred Australian dollars. So it's very it's really cheap. Very cheap. Very good value. Yeah. And yeah, and that's just crowds. the general admission. So that's like anywhere behind a goal. So yeah, their average crowd will be down. Don't quote me on this because I'm actually not sure. I'm not a stato like you, Andy. <laughs> but um, but um, yeah, there'd probably be ten to twelve thousand, I guess. Like the A League's generally been down in the last few years. Yeah. Like a few years ago, you know, like they had some big players come from overseas and that, and put kind of people went to the games to see players. But that's dropped off a bit, and um, you know, it's suffered a bit from competing. Um, sports on TV and everything as well. So, um, Dwight York is now managing in the A League. He's invited me up to see him in Macarthur, just outside Sydney. I'm not going to have time on this trip because I'm busy with all the Manchester United stuff. And Ashley Westwood, who was at United as a youngster, he lives in Sydney. We'll probably bump into him in in Perth. He's been a, a successful football manager as well. But he gave an example and a sense of how the A-League's in a pretty bad place at the moment mm. and, and really struggling. Mm. So what what's the reaction when Manchester United ride into town? Because there was a huge crowd, 75,000 against Melbourne Victory. Yep. Uh, ticket prices weren't particularly cheap. No. I was at the launch of the kit yesterday in the centre of Melbourne. Thousands of people there, real enthusiasm. Yep. It was a big event. Yep. 
Oh, you know, it's, you know, it's big here. Like, obviously, when we were when we were winning trophies a years, you know, a few years ago, there was there was a lot more um, limelight for United. Liverpool, sadly, is pretty big here as well, and um, bigger. They're getting the limelight. Ah, uh, I wouldn't say bigger. It'd pain me to say that, but. You probably see more Liverpool shirts about now, but that's probably reflective of everywhere. I'd say, isn't it? It goes with a bit of success and bandwagon. Um, but Liverpool, you know, like United, they've got massive global support, haven't they? They're a massive brand in their own right. So, pains me to say it. I still absolutely despise them. I thought, like you know, in my late forties, I would have matured a bit and you know chilled out being out over here. But I can't have them on my TV or anything. Danny, Andy, Andy Potter. Uh, four four two on my table with Mo Salah on the front, and I had to turn it over because I can't. You've look, turned it over, haven't you? I can't look at him. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks. Thanks for your time. I'm gonna carry on in Melbourne for a couple more days. <laughs>